This week on Waxing the Porpoise, G-Baby and the usual suspect Steve finish off our retrospective of the Apocalypse Trilogy with the third and final entry, a funked-out nightmarish symphony of cosmic horror delights conducted by the maestro of the macabre himself, John Carpenter, with his 1994 film In the Mouth of Madness. Join us as we continue our bootacular part due to discuss almost everything but the actual topic at hand. Formerly ordained, Sam Neill is one of our patron saints of porpoise. Discuss new aquatic mammalian hybrids and try to make sense of this film within a book within a film. The porpoises, midnight companions and keen observers wade through this Lovecraftian love letter where the lines between fiction and reality become blurred in the midst of the eldritch horrors that are just on the other side of sanity waiting to breach the void and defile our realm. He's Vigo! You are like the buzzing of flies to him! Let's wax this deified porpoise. Chase, don't do that. And then I'll like stop thinking about it for after like yeah. two minutes, like stop, just don't even think about it. So um, you will, you will break through at some point for sure. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. It does. It, it does suck. It really does. Yeah, I I feel like I've got I'm I'm like right in the middle of like the feeling you get from legit nicotine, like missing that part. Yeah. Between like between the chews that I have, these grinds actually are pretty fucking rad. Yeah. For like mouthfeel, they they work really well and they're nice cuz they're not messy. Yeah. So I know at least I can have this to kind of crutch me around like just to have a feel of a good lip, you know, like yeah, this time I've I've gone com- like kind of just like I'm trying to be as numb, yeah, as possible about it. Well, I, I get the I get the impression the just by the way you wrote about it, like you've been caught trying like trying to uh, yeah. I get that. Like, like no, babe, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm bro- completely broken down. Like yeah. This is this is the absolute end of the line, like. Well, it's like, I mean that's that can be that could work just as well as motivation is. Like some people just wake up one day and they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But then other people, it's like I I have a purpose for wanting to do this. So you'll you'll power through, and then once you get to a point where you're like, oh, I want to take a a grounds chew or whatever, and then at at a certain point you're going to be like, why? You can have a Diet Coke or a Coca-Cola. That's what Mahatma Gandhi said. He said, you could have Diet Coke, but why? Like, what's the point? You know, mm-hmm. then then it'll be like, oh, okay, well, then I no longer need this, like, crutch to hang on to, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, fuck it. It's not worth going to the store or whatever. I'll just go cry yeah. in my room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to flick my left testicle as hard as I can and just be in the present with that pain. You take a match and you <laughs> put it out on your wrist. What is that? Is that something for Ricky? 
No, it's 40-year-old virgin when it's like, um, I was supposed to call this number if my erection didn't go away after four hours. <laughs> and then after a while, the guy's like, wait, you didn't take the medication? It's like, no. <laughs> I just called. Oh, man. I think the guy rattles off a few things kind of quick, like, uh, you need to try. And then he goes like, uh, take a lid match and put it out on your wrist. <laughs> Uh, I want to start us off with a couple quick hitters I found on Instagram. There's this old ass man who, like, the whole premise is kind of like a second clip, and it's like his son gives him a new IPA to try, like once a week or something. And this guy's pretty old. Uh, he looks to be somewhere between seventy-five and like ninety. Okay. Try he tries an IPA out of a can and reacts and dude, it's fuck the couple that I've seen. They're very quick and short but sweet, but fucking this this first one just nailed me. And I'm a believer now. This fucking webpage would quit shitting its fucking yeah, your weird. your audio went kind of warbly there for a second, so I don't know if maybe uh, it was like a temporary internet thing. It could be on my end. I don't know. Time time dilation. <clears throat> An interruption in the the matrix. Something solar flare. <laughs> we might actually be getting a little bit of weather this evening, so who knows if the whole fucking grids. Oh, and you're in neck of the woods. Yeah. Like thunderstorms, wind kind I mean, of stuff? I or? Mean, maybe just a little rain, if we're lucky. Oh, okay. I'm probably going to edit all that shit we talked about at the beginning, but if I if I don't, uh, I've been trying to get off chewing tobacco. And it, I'm today, I, I actually, I have a full can of real chew, too, that I've kept on premises, like, so I can have that, like, as an extra... Like, I know I have it here. Like, if I wanted to break the seal, I could right now. Just to kind of, especially while I'm dr- drinking a couple uh, brews while we're recording. I'm I'm trying to use that as some kind of chip on my shoulder or something. But we'll see. Like a way to increase the temptation to avoid it? Yeah, maybe just to, like, legitimize, like... Like being honest with how I feel and try trying to overcome, like knowing I could like the only thing stopping me is like reaching over and grabbing this thing and I could have it. I don't know. Yeah, it's like it, that maybe uh, it does nothing, but it's like that's, that family that's guy. Play. The family guy where they find out Brian has a gun in the safety deposit box. And he's like, you know, just in case I ever want to commit suicide. I know it's there, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not going to. But it's nice to know that if I wanted to, it's there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. If you do leave that in, and if anybody's listening judgmentally about chewing tobacco, <laughs> um, it fucking rules. It. It's great. Yeah. It's. it's it really sounds great. gross, and it is. It does. But it does sound gross. Know, it is gross, but it's great. It's so much better than smoking cigarettes or. Yeah, you can do it in a theater. You can you can do it if if you're sneaky enough and if you're battle hardened enough, you can do it while you're eating. Yeah, I that's used to gross. be able to suck a- down a fucking a uh, a McDonald's uh, 
It actually tastes really good, like mint or wintergreen. With this a, is, with we a, have with now a... entered the <laughs> disgusting zone that I cannot, I cannot co-sign that. You can co-sign this. Uh, but what's I'm nice? What's frosty. nice is like, um, like these big chain stores, like a Best Buy or you know those type of stores. The type of carpet they have is like meant to be durable and easily cleaned and to withstand anything. So you could walk around a Best Buy or whatever carpeted store you wish and just like spit huge ropes all over the ground and it just it absorbs immediately. <laughs> Nobody notices. It's great. It's trash, but it's great. Yeah, I remember doing that at Blockbuster. Yeah. I, I was gonna to say play. that, but it's a little dated. Yeah. When I used to work at Blockbuster, sometimes I'd throw a lip in and just fucking spit and then fucking just plant my foot on the carpet and do like a little toe drag. Yeah. Like, oh no, now a uh, little kid juice spill is not the only thing <laughs> fucking this carpet up. Uh, or if you're in like a Walmart, just grab a pair of shoes and just right in one of them and put them back on the oh, shelf. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding never dude that. you know what's wild towards towards the end here it's like i don't even spit anymore yeah my grandpa did that um and i don't even really gut it like it's just like it just becomes a part of you you know like i could never fathom that there was a point where i dipped and it was like very like a uh like a a sanitized thing like i would i would have to put a chew in and i would spit constantly and I'd have a dedicated bottle and I'd have to spit everything out, clean out my mouth. I couldn't fucking do anything else. Yeah. And it's like, dude, now I can, I can eat. I can eat a hot dog easily with a chow in and drink up whiskey. Like, no, I'm not bragging. It's like how sad and like how depraved I am. I mean, it's like a heroin addict. After a while, they're just like shooting yeah. in between their fucking toes. Like, it just becomes dude. a necessity. Have you heard like hockey players? That's what they'll do. They'll throw chow. They'll throw fucking. They'll pack hogs in between their toes in hockey games. I have not heard of that. God, this is like enters your bloodstream just like your lip. Just tuck it under your sack because that's like really <laughs> absorbent. But hockey players, because they have like so many layers of socks and shit, that God, that seems like quite difficult. Yeah, I guess that's that's what they do. Uh, <laughs> looping isn't that one of them what's what so like, just loop a chop <laughs> oh, at least at least do a pouch if you're gonna shove it up your ass yeah <laughs> we have we have hopefully derailed. this was informative right. yeah yeah so i'm i'm hoping to quit after like fuck probably 18 years combined maybe 20 but definitely straight for like the last 10 years so well it's not easy kick kick the can kill the can just keep it up that's all you can do yeah it'll get easier i want to share this guy what the fuck is his name oh yeah okay so this is george underscore tries underscore ipas uh like the beer ipa on instagram Okay, uh, so br- I don't. It's a very new account, so it's a very old man. He's somewhere between like seventy and ninety, uh, and his son is recording him. You can hear him, and he. I don't. He, I don't hear audio on mine. I'm going to start it here in a second. Okay. I'm just prepping it up. So he feeds his dad a new IPA, like looks like once a week, and he reacts to it, and it's fucking. 
Well, his dad is also old, shirtless. All right, check it out. You just give me a break until I, I, I get a real taste of it. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely a visual component here. There, there is. This is the first one that hooked me. Oh, it's, it's way shit. quicker, but it. This is what really got me. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh god, poor Gramps. <laughs> oh shit! What a bitch. Oh man! Oh fuck! Uh, I have to put links to that because, dude, I swear I've heard, I've seen an old person react like that to something, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> not an IPA like that. Just oh man! Oh shit! Yeah, he looks not only disgusted, it looks like it's but like kill offended him. and <laughs> yeah. Uh, poor George. Yeah, it looks like each Greatest one of those generation takes, my ass. <laughs> it looks like each one he takes it just knocked off like three more months from his end of life. I just took one year of your life away. So we're gonna I'm gonna start following that dude. But yeah, I'll put links to him. I didn't put it in the last one, uh, but I'm gonna put it on our page. I fi- I figured out who that dude was that reacted to that dunk. Oh bro, it's yeah. Christmas. <laughs> his name is Flight. Flight reacts. He's been around for a long time, I guess. He just reacts to NBA games. Like, he'll sit there and watch the whole NBA game and react to it. And fucking millions of people watch him. But he's yeah, got some really funny... Sustain. Dude, he's got a ton of shit. Or not. He does funny shit like that seizure. When the dude yeah. hits the dunk, yeah. he's... I'm gonna, I'm gonna link that video that I fucking lost my mind to. Bro, it's Christmas. Calm down. <laughs> um... Yeah, we got a shout out from uh, JJ, aka uh, Judy, uh, on a couple things. We appreciate you listening uh, and thank you for the feedback. Appreciate you. Uh, I did get one piece of hate mail, though, that uh, I know you're always looking forward to. So we'll knock that out here quickly. Um, Dearest Steve. Oh, boy. Fuck you. Is this from is this from my dad? <laughs> Your obsession with whales is beginning to concern me. It's as if any movie that is sans whale makes you go a big rubbery one. It isn't healthy to love something that cannot love you back. Those orcas don't give a shit about you, Steve. You owe them nothing. Hell, if they found you straight into the ocean, they'd bite that little dick off without a moment's hesitation. Then you'd just be a man with no dick obsessed with orcas. I'm worried about your dick, Steve. I heard you don't love the classic piece of cinema, The Thing. How 1988 of you. I bet if the alien assimilated a fucking whale, you'd crank one out to the movie every night. Just stroking away, waiting for the day that big nasty whale bursts into your room, swallows you up whole. Well, it's never going to happen, Steve. You're never going to meet that Moby Dick of your dreams. You're doomed to be a lonely Ahab, serial stroking it to free willy. Hopefully you and your nerd friend G-Baby G- review of The Whale next. I think he meant to say, I, I, hopefully you guys review The Whale with Brendan Fraser. Have you seen that? Where he's a big no, fat I'm, guy? I'm, I'm familiar with it, though, yeah. Okay. 
You'll fucking love it. it sounds really good just based on the name. <laughs> All right. I got to go watch basketball and get higher than a draft stick. The thing fucks. The, fa- the thing fucking fucks, you fucking fuck. John Carpenter. Um, yeah, first of all, that's just like your opinion, man. Second of all, uh, fun whale Bible <laughs> trivia. Everybody knows the story of Jonah and the whale where he gets swallowed by a whale and then other stuff happens. Uh, Bible never actually says whale. It says big fish. So for those of you at home, fascinating. Uh, yep. Thanks for the uh, email, you fuck. <laughs> are you or are you not the Black Angel of Death? Um, uh, Orca's Orca's better than Jaws. Prince of Darkness is better than the Thing. Suck my ass. Cool. All right. We'll see if we can keep the streak alive with different. I wonder what the next series with the next director that you'll offend will be. I already got Steven Spielbergo and. Uh... <laughs> All right. Welcome back to Waxing the Porpoise. Uh, we are back again. We're on episode 77 now, gathered to discuss In the Mouth of Madness from 1994. I always always get it wrong. I thought it was 95. Uh, As usual, you got myself, Jim G. Baby. 50,000 no get elephant in death. 50,000 get you Botan. Botan! And to my virtual right, we have the usual suspect, Steve. (laughs) How's it going, man? Doing good. I'd have got him 10. <laughs> I feel like that lady's been in a bunch of other stuff, and I that's one that I never knew her name. And there's an older gal, too, that's in this movie, In the Mouth of Madness, that was in the grandma from Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah. Yep. I don't, I, her name never stuck, but like the face, you know, you've seen her in yeah. stuff here. And- you know, he he does lie in that movie, and... This, it bugged me even when I was a little kid, and it's that exact part where she's telling him the story about the burglar who fell through the skylight onto a butcher knife and sued my friend. He sued, sued my friend. Yeah. <laughs> and my friend had to pay the burglar $5,000. Is that justice? And he goes, no, I'd have got him 10. Yeah. And then she storms away <laughs> and he's chasing after. He's like, wait, I didn't understand the question. Like, yes, you did understand the question. That's a lie. Uh, it's almost like that movie's not real. Yeah. Yeah, that that part's like, ah, oh, man, you're such a fucking slime ball. You got him 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, this is the the last film uh of the self-appointed Apocalypse trilogy uh by John Carpenter. This is directed, I think there's a, some question, but I'm going to go with 1994. I also <clears throat> saw I think when I brought it up on the TV, it said 95, but I think there was two release dates. One was international and one was in the U.S. Because I also noticed it kept going back and forth between 94 and 95, depending where I was looking. So you're not alone there. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. Maybe it was one of those ones that was like on the cusp and it like it showed it like a big like or a bigger like a festival or something. Or maybe it had a, like a limited release in 94 and then it got its official like proper wider release in 95. That's like with It Follows is very much like that. I think it's now it's accepted as 2014 but uh, or 2015, but it's like the exact same thing. Like 
it initially was only supposed to get like a really tiny release and then because it went bad. into a festival in 2014 yeah. and then it got then it got like word of mouth and shit and then they they it's actually one of the few uh like that doesn't happen a lot like that like the reverse way like it 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 went out to a very limited a set like there was no distribution plan at all it was like it follows is going to be released in like 50 theaters in like a a regional like the midwest regional area 49 too many and uh and then it got word of mouth and then it opened to like you know like 2000 theaters across the u.s kind of thing so um anyway it follows dope you're yeah, wrong. I saw I saw it just won an award the other day for um, worst horror movie ever. So that's <laughs> that's a nice feather in their cap. All right, well we we won't go there. Cool. Yeah. So what did you think of this one? Where does this one? Did you like this one? And where does it sit amongst the thing Prince of and Prince of Darkness in the Apocalypse trilogy for you? Um, I did like it. It's a it's a pass. Thumbs up for sure. Um, I'm going to have to put it dead last of the three. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's really not even that close. I kept, I kept finding myself sort of being in and out on this one. I really liked the beginning. Middle was fine. Towards like the three quarter mark, I, or maybe like towards the halfway three quarter mark, I was like, ah, they're really going a direction with this. I think it's really kind of hokey. And then kind of cheese ball. And then as it's sort of wrapping up, I thought they were going to go a different direction than they did. I didn't care for how it wrapped up, but then it kind of brought me back in at the very, very end, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I was kind of just in and out. Um, <laughs> I feel bad trashing another Sam Neill movie like we did with or like I did with Possession because like he's a really good actor. But yeah, this one, it definitely wasn't my favorite. I would put it I would put it third you said this was your favorite this is my favorite of these three why help yourself a few more million copies well fuck that <laughs> uh i love sam neil he's a big he's a big yeah. part of it i like his character in this too um i don't know to me of the three this one is the most like accessible to my tastes if that makes sense like this one it's like like it gets me we get each other Whereas, like, I have to try a little bit more with the thing in Prince of Darkness to be right there with it. Yeah. Like, if that makes sense. Uh, like, the things that, like, are blemishes on this one are, I find, endearing. So, it's kind of one of those. It's definitely a subjective. Uh, it's it's definitely a taste thing. Because I can see this, too, be, like, rubbing someone wrong and, like, totally you know understanding like to me this one feels like the most tv movie like it's got like kind of like a sheen on it similar to carpenter's other film i just accused that of that chris really liked was um village of the damned which was a remake about the the kids that are like possessed and they can fuck with people with their minds that one is like to me the most tv movie non-tv movie ever like i can't believe that was something that got released in a theater like just the look of it and i think that and in the mouth of madness maybe to a lesser degree they they had they share those qualities and if i'm being honest with myself that's the biggest knock on it for me and it does kind of get hokey around that three-quarter like 
to the end mark it does get a little cheese ball with the fucking with vigo from ghostbusters 2 with the whole johnny boy and the fucking the german dude with the shotgun yeah that, I've, never, that part. I've, I've never seen any ghostbusters so i'm not really there with you but uh but to your point you know what i'm talking about though that that weird ass out of place yeah kane shoots the gun <laughs> Yeah, that's so, where it jumps the shark a little bit for sure. Well, I mean, let's without having to go over everything with a fine tooth comb, let's kind of just go through the synopsis real quick because, like, the way it starts is pretty cool. You know, he's it's like fucking uh, badass, man. I always a, forget how badass it's kind of sneaks up on me, and that's what I like about this film is like there's a, there's a, a lot of sh- different shit going on, but this beginning kind of always. It it's not something I recall easily, but once I'm in it, it's like, oh yeah, this the beginning is fucking badass. Despite the dog shit, like uh, rip off, like butt rock music. Oh, it's so soundtrack. bad. <laughs> so so fucking Dude, bad. So he wanted he wanted the rights to Inner Sandman. So knowing that, can you hear how he kind of like fucking trashed it? Like he made it like Dollar General Inner Sandman a little bit. Some of the riffs, like it's it's bad yeah anyway yeah the beginning is fucking awesome that's it's definitely i think one of the stronger points of this movie well and even like even just the the first few introductory scenes are really cool um i was in like so obviously i went into this one like i did almost everything we watched with literally no idea what the whole thing was about so yeah he's uh there's the scene in the asylum which beautiful scenery that asylum um, and then the doctor comes in and is like, we're going to try to get you out of here, blah, blah, blah. And then they go back to him, his real life where he's an insurance like investigator, super cool. Like where's, where the fuck is this going? Like, is he going to expose some fake whatever? And when he, when he busts that guy for the fake arson, I don't remember if they said this in the movie or if I just assigned this phrase to it, which probably isn't worth a colloquial corner because it's probably offensive to a lot of people but i learned this phrase from my my jewish sister-in-law did he call that insurance scam jewish lightning in the movie or was that something that i just thought jewish lightning have you ever heard that expression before i have not it's and i extre- don't remember it being okay it, cor- it's a, being dropped it's a pretty offensive thing to say uh because what jewish lightning is is somebody who like burns their own building down and claims insurance on it. Uh, so they call it Jewish lightning. Uh, I'd never heard that before until a Jewish sister-in-law introduced me to that. So I wasn't sure if he said it in this or if that's just what I thought when they were talking about how he burned his own thing down, but they, they could have slipped that in there easily. And I they, just, they might didn't pick up on it this watch. But yeah, so just to circle back real quick to the ratings, because I, I, I like to look at that just to see what the, the temperature is. And this one is pretty what you'd expect. It's 7-1 on IMDb, which is high. Very high. And then I was Rotten, surprised. And then Rotten Tomatoes is 57 critics, 73 with the people, which that split seems to make a little more sense to me. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so. All pretty close. Very, pretty similar with prince of darkness well yeah and it's i think it's like you said this one just sort of 
hit your tuning fork more than the others, and right. that's how Prince of Darkness was for me. I just enjoyed that one more. But I mean, there's a reason why there's a hundred fucking flavors of ice cream because not everybody likes the same stuff. But uh, exactly. this one, this one also had a lot of really cool, creepy moments. Like, yeah. So, so after it's established that the he's beginning like a, always creeps me out when he goes in there. He's like, "I'm not insane." And then yeah. he stops, and then that hand kind yeah. of taps on the glass, and it's a weird-looking hand, too. It's not like – something seems a little off about it, and he's kind of creeped out. But also when he's like, I'm not insane, someone's all, I'm not if he isn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's the first part. I was like, oh, shit, yeah, this is kind of – there are some really creepy moments, and that's, like, the, the first one to me. And uh, that uh, – that place is a real place, that insane asylum. I guess it's also been, it was used as an insane asylum in Strange Brew. And it's yeah, a Canadian, saw... it's in, it's like the water reclamation or water sanitation uh, building in Toronto. It's yeah. like a 1930s, like art deco style, really sick building. And I guess the interior is the actual, that's the actual interior also. It's a very ominous looking kind of building for sure it definitely looks like an asylum <laughs> yeah and one thing i read is that they they closed it to the public after 9 11 because it's probably such like a, a prime target for whatever oh, like, yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. yeah i mean if it's cleaning the water if it's like filtering the water su supply of toronto like that's like one of their major cities for sure yeah damn yeah so then once it's established that he's like a, a sharp investigative type uh he somehow hooks up with that book publisher because their cash cow has gone missing and then played by charlton heston yeah it's like damn that's a pretty crazy get for this movie like always, i always forget he's he's in this too yeah because when did he die probably not too long after this let's see when when did charlton heston die yeah, and then there's the the great scene in the diner where the guy comes through with the axe and then just gets gunned down by the cops, and you know it's all I like it's the all... effect on his eyeballs. Yeah, like when I they mean, zoom out of his eyes and they start like they look like they're splitting in two. Yeah, at this point, I'm super in. Really curious where this is going. Obviously, do you no... read such a such a cane? That's <laughs> yeah. one thing that always I'm like, God, that sounds so bad though. Like that overdubbing or like the, it, it, ah, that always, it's like, you could say that way creepier or way, it, make it sound more natural anyway. Yeah. Well, and there was a few lines where they're like, he sees you, I see you. Like it just, yeah. that came across as pretty clunky to me, but yeah. yeah. So anyway, he hooks up with the <laughs> publisher who say that the author is missing He's Such some, a cane. He's, he's they compare him. It's like you can hear it. Stephen King. Yeah. They even make a reference to Stephen King. He's outsold. You know, like he's he's sold billions of copies. Been translated in every language on the planet. Super popular author. Yeah, and it's even they even go so far as to have it be northeastern centric instead of Maine. It's what New Hampshire or Vermont. Yeah, or, the state right next to it. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, he goes with. It's it's the agent, like his main agent, the editor. author's agent. 
editor. Yeah, okay. Main editor, Linda. I think her first name is Linda, but Styles. This is a gal I've I've never seen. I don't think in anything else. Julie Carmen. She's pretty serviceable, but uh, yeah, I can't think of anything else I've ever seen her in. I gave her I gave her IMDb page a quick once over and didn't recognize her from anything, which is probably not surprising to anybody. But uh, I mean, even their road trip. There's some creepy shit with like the bicyclists, that yes. old man or old woman. That was super creepy, but yeah, because it's like a young guy first, because it's wearing the same clothes. That's the implication. And then she sees him again on the road, and it's like old, and she ends up hitting him on the bike. And you can you know that it's like this weird temporal thing going on because he's got the old man makeup on and when she goes up to like investigate like oh shit he's like he won't let me leave i gotta get out of here like that's creepy because it sounds like a little punk 15 year old but it's got old man face and like white hair so it's like he's stuck in some kind of like purgatorial like time loop like he's aged but he's still young kind of thing kind of getting into like the jaunt too like how time could just like fucking like melt your mind down to mush you know make well, you go completely batshit mad because there's there's another time loop that comes up later which is interesting but she passes this guy twice which was the extra creepy thing like she passes by the guy and looks over and is like oh what the fuck and then yeah. she keeps driving and then she sees him again like oh god is this the exact same and then the street lines like the, the road markings go out and she like looks out and it's like completely black like that's gotta be a crazy like 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 a disorienting feeling, like you, your your headlights went out, you know, completely, basically. Yeah. Did you ever? Um, I can't remember if we've talked about this before, but did you ever watch American Horror Story, the season with the witches? I think it was like season three, the Coven. Oh yeah, Coven. Yeah. So fuck yeah, that's like, like one of my favorite seasons for sure. Yeah, I think we stopped watching like four or five seasons ago, but the I think my favorite part of that whole season was. The blonde gal, when she yeah, goes to her, the, her version of hell, which is that oh, loop man. of the frog over and over and over again. Dude, that Ugh. that was so, like, well done. Mm-hmm. God, just... Yeah. That would be... This is some sick shit! Yeah, it's about to get sicker. That one, it's fucked up because they play her as, like, you know, like a favorite. Like, she's like a... She's not pure white magic, like good witch you know like like a white witch like she does she's she does some fucked up shit but she's definitely like um like the best kind of person of all those fucked up witches and for that to happen to her like oh man especially i mean that's really the only part of that season that i remember because it was so good but there's so much good shit that happens that season like with the the papa legba character uh, played by, I think that's Lance Reddick, who is in The Wire. Oh yeah, who, played... he just, who just died recently. Yep, fucking pour one out, man. Yeah, that guy's awesome. He's been he's in a lot of shit. Uh, he was in uh, fuck is that show with uh, Fringe? He was in Fringe too. Um, anyway, no, yeah, nobody watches a... Burn Notice. <laughs> Harris watches Burn Notice. Dude, Je- Jeffrey Donovan's a fucking good actor, man. I like that guy. He was great in that season. Uh, do you watch all the Fargos? I haven't seen any of them. You haven't seen any of the Fargo TV shows? No. <sighs> Dude. 
I the know. first one with Billy Billy Bob's pretty fucking excellent, man. He's he's great in season one and season two. You got your boy Jesse Plemons as in a heavy oh, really? role with his real wife Kirsten 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 Kirsten. Ugh, I hate that name. Dunst and um, isn't Chris? That's Rock a really good fucking season. Jeffrey the- Jeffrey Donovan's in that season with Je- Jesse Plemons. Yeah, I haven't caught up with that that latest one with uh, like Jason Schwartzman and Chris Rock and a bunch of other people. Um, so that's the third season with Chris Rock. No, I think that's four because oh, three Jesus. three is. Um, Carrie Coon oh. is in season three. I might be conflating season. She might be in the same season as whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, fucking Ewan McGregor and uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead are in a season. They're fucking great. He plays dual roles. He plays twin brothers. And um, that one, that motherfucker, uh, David Thewlis is in it. And he plays a really fucking weird villain, like assassin type dude like uh a la like a like a shagur but a, he's got a different like set of fucked upness to him that's a pretty like high bar dude every, i've seen every, every i've seen everything except for that chris rock season i think is the newest one of fargo shit's good man like i w- that's one that i put off for a while and i finally like broke down and watched it and i was like yeah that's shit's good for a reason you know people aren't aren't wrong but um damn huge tangent from this fucking movie i don't even know how we got to fargo season two is cool with jesse plemons because they they introduce some fucking wild shit i would you would like it it's like it's right up your alley for like ahs that's how we got there yeah. ahs okay. uh it's it's definitely got like that kind of uh that kind of vibe like there's some weird it's got something about it you know that uh puts it over the top but yeah i would say go back and watch coven i've seen it like three or four times like the whole the whole season because i quit watching to probably after like five i think like maybe six hotel i quit watching yeah it went that downhill one was, pretty quick yeah i think that's right around when we stopped too we tried there was a couple seasons that were like we just need to power through and then i think the one after that was like Dude, the one Roanoke with with Cuba Gooding Jr. That, I think that's where I finally gave up. That they jumped the fucking shark at the end of that season, like in a really crazy way. Yeah, I think I think where we finally let off was there was one with the clown neighbors, and it was like weirdly political, like Trump stuff. It's like why? Oh and, yeah, and then, yeah, I, yeah. and then I think we tried even the season after that, where it was like a, an apocalypse one. And uh, an episode or I two did and bounce like, back to that. I don't. I just can't do it anymore. I did bounce back to Apocalypse. I liked Apocalypse. That was that was a fun one. I think yeah, that was that was the the final one we tried, and I, I don't think we've we've gone back. But yeah, they got a new one out right now, and they've started doing some weird stuff. Like they broke. They did like American Horror Stories, almost like an anthology one. I think uh-huh. where they did like. They did like two or three storylines in an hour and they carried it through for like a season. Hmm. Kind of a weird format. Anyway, um, yeah, they have a new one out too that I, I'm thinking about maybe watching. We'll see. I think all, it's called Fragile. All I know Fragile. about the new one is that Kim Kardashian's in it, which... She has a minor role. Yeah. I mean, that just... 
all it does is make me less interested in watching it. But uh, what do you think about um, uh, the guy who plays Sutter Kane, Jurgen Jurgen Pronchnow? Uh, yeah, I liked him, and I'm wondering if you know what I recognized him from. The only thing I know him from outside of this is The Keep, which I don't think you've seen, but You're he about was to in... You're so um, fucking stupid. He was in Judge Dredd. Never seen it. With Rob Schneider and Sylvester Stallone. That was the only thing I thought maybe you had you would have known him from. Uh, I recognize him from this movie called Kunschaffer das Freidens. It's a German movie. Just kidding. Oh. Uh, he was in Air Force One. Oh, was he? Yeah, he's uh, General Radek. Huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, he's known for Das Boot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was in Dune as well. That's right. Haven't seen Das Boot or Dune. I knew he looked familiar, and I had to go through his whole IMDb until I saw Air Force One. Like, oh, yeah. I remember I, That's guy. a movie I haven't seen in so long. I don't even know what happens. All I remember is Gary Oldman and Harrison Ford are in it, really. Dude. You've seen Coven three or four, the whole season three or four times. Like Maybe not seen... the entire season, but I've bounced around a cherry picked like my favorites from that season. The bulk of the series, dude. Um, dude, Air Force One is such a good anytime background movie to put on. <laughs> He's a Notre Dame fan. See, for my money, like I prefer for like airplane crisis action movie i would i prefer executive decision to air force one with kurt, kurt russell. russell i don't think i've ever seen it it's good man i might it's have good. way back in the day steven seagal's in it but very briefly right and he was kind very of like briefly he was like top build and then dies immediately and pretty cool you don't expect you don't see it coming i didn't yeah john leguizamo playing like a delta fucking seal <laughs> I, yeah i always i think i always associate that executive decision with broken arrow so i know i've seen broken arrow oh yeah yeah that's definitely a sliding scale you're getting on dude he played the main guy in beer fest this jurgen pranchnow yeah i i only saw that once way back way back when and <laughs> is he the guy who's like they're not even that drunk or that's that's the guy on the u.s team team right no that's the guy in the uk team that no. is fighting that is uh rooting for the americans in the final round against Cheeky the germans bastard. <laughs> they're not even that drunk that's when he's like oh look he's got the eye of the jew and it zooms in on the jewish guy's eyeballs and they're fucking stars of david <laughs> Is it like a drink off? Like a oh man, Beer Fest is just a good, great film. All right, so back to this just okay film. So they get to the town, everything's weird, everything is like, yep, boner alert. So they get to the town, everything's weird. This is where I'm starting to pull away a little bit. Like, what the fuck is happening? Why is everything in this town exactly like in the book? And uh, my first thought was maybe they were trying to say, or what they were getting at was, he is the author. 
and this is like a psychotic break that he's having and he's going to the town that he's constructed in his mind and crazy shit is starting to happen and then then i think when they go to the church is when i really started to pull away like oh no it's not it's not um trent who's the author and all of this is happening about around him it's this he's a character this, in a story living it out and becoming like self-aware as like a character in a story yeah this is this is where i started to lose interest like wait how the fuck why and how like, yeah that's when it takes that big leap of like they keep sprinkling it in there like you know like you know what if the the majority were were the the nutcases and the the you know the the schizophrenics out there then like their idea of reality would be what the perception is and it starts getting in these weird areas like you know like what if so many people believe in these writings and that it it like transcends fiction and becomes re- real like the new reality like yeah yeah and from, from what i understand the more people believe in his horse shit like the, the, the stronger it makes the old ones yeah which dumb <laughs> i don't understand well, then that it starts, it's it's very like right in your face there's a couple like uh calls to it um but like hp lovecraft of crafting horror the cosmic horror it's one of the things that ties together the the whole apocalypse trilogy that's like as chris would say like the thematic glue between because there's nothing that is a direct relation or correspondence between each of these films in this loose trilogy but he's like you know even the name like in the mouth of madness uh, is a call to is a callback to Lovecraft um, and a couple of the other things and like the the you know the Cthulhu esque imagery of some of those monsters even calling them the old ones that's a direct reference to Lovecraft like these old ancient I think um, what was it Trent played by Sam Neill he has like a thing that says Hobbs ended once been the seat of an ancient evil older than mankind and wider than the known universe a place of pain and suffering beyond human understanding like that's what these old ones uh are made up of and that are trying to bring forth to like to our dimension realm world and it's through this like conduit of this sutter cane that's like reaching some kind of critical mass with you know all of his readers his billions and billions of of readers and so it's positing that like this this is like stronger than religion, like than the Bible, than God. Like he transcends and he even says too, he's like, he's like, Don't you get it? I'm God. When he's on the bus with him. Yeah. Dude, that's like one of my favorite fucking scenes when he's like he's like, Did I ever tell you my favorite color was blue? Yeah. Dude. And then he wakes up and freaks out and I fucking love that part. That's my favorite. Did I ever tell you my favorite color was blue? horror from sam neil on the bus because everything's gone fucking blue i love that so much so yeah so the furthest out i was was in the church when styles is like i've read the book and it's like freaking out and he's like showing the demons or whatever and 
I can't hold them back any longer. Yeah, it, but it it sucked. So what I started to <laughs> like, like I said before, my hope was, or actually, I don't know if I said it fully, that my thought was, my hope was that this entire movie was just Trent having some sort of psychotic break. There's no, there's no book. There's no publisher. He's he doesn't work for an insurance company. Everything mm -hmm. was just like a figment of his imagination. Unrealized idea. Unrealized. And then that doesn't happen. And then, at, yeah, I don't. I feel like we're skipping over a bunch of stuff. But I kind of, I kind of get a horse and live in the mountains someplace and don't bother anybody. <laughs> Yeah, I think we are skipping a bunch of shit, but it's fine. I mean, I mean, there was that great, the great um, part where he's just like, "You guys are all in on it. You're 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 faking." I I've seen actors before, and then that guy blows his head off with a shotgun. It's like, uh, that's got to be a yeah. pretty pretty tough one to fake. And then he tries to leave town what? in the car and that's when we get into that really good teleport that loop time where loop. it just keeps coming back over and over and over. Dude, and that some of those little awesome. kids, the little kids, the creature effects on their faces all fucked up, that little blonde girl and she's got like the demon, like the deterioration, like some of those effects I thought looked really good and were like legitimately creepy, like, like fuck, you keep, like you can't get out of this town and then like the people, like it's like, pitchforks and fucking like bonfire in the street and like they they're becoming like more and more de demonic and like out to get you and you can't get away from it like yeah that's pretty creepy yeah so welcome to earth so then let's see what happens after that um so so well, yeah so he crashes his car eventually and then he wakes up sort of back in the real world and that's when he gets on the bus and, and then you see hayden christensen that's uh Anakin the Skywalker, on the bike. Yeah. is the little kid on the bike. Uh, had to call that out. Yeah, and that's when he gets on the bus. We have that fun. That's probably my favorite favorite part of this movie is when everything turns blue and he fucking starts freaking out. Um, so, but the, and but the when kid, he has that little exchange with that lady, she's like, yeah. "I don't know if you're deaf or dumb, sir." And he's like, "I want to see a supervisor." And oh yeah, he's losing his fucking shit. And like other people around him in like the actual reality are like, dude, you're off your fucking tits, man. So we come full circle at the beginning. He's like fully in control, and he spots the con. He's great at his job, and then by the end, he becomes just what he's. He's like, you know, I'm not gonna. That won't happen to me. And then sure as shit, like he keeps getting this manuscript from Sutter Kane delivered to him mysteriously and it's like in real time it's unfolding it's like what he's doing is he's reading in these pages is what's happening it's like a it's a weird like time like self-fulfilling prophecy kind of like loop that he's stuck in but it's only it's only a horrific to him i guess as we're watching yeah, him break I mean, down this, i guess i don't know i mean this is why i was kind of out on on that subplot because it's like um he's tasked with here take this manuscript and take it back to the publisher um why 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 do, why does he have to do it why is he involved at all if, if the goal is to just end humanity 
all you have to do is just continue doing what you were already doing. There, it seems unnecessary to bring in this other person. That's why I kept going back to this has to be some sort of psychotic episode where he's he's either actually the author and he's got like a split personality thing and this is the person that he's deriving his inspiration from or whatever, or this entire thing is just uh, a manifest manifested like um like um I can't think of the right word, but like, like a, a tulpa. Like a hallucination or whatever word you just said that I'm not sure is real. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that he's continue, continually entrusted to bring this manuscript back for reasons unclear, that was confusing. And then and then when he does bring yeah. it back, they do the classic, like, you've been gone for 30 years, you know, which is always such like a cheap... There's... Well, it's not 30 years, but well, yeah, he goes but... back to Charlton Heston's like, yeah, where the fuck have you been? It's been like three months, you know, when it feels like he's maybe been gone a week or something or yeah. a handful of days. And he's like, this styles, it, she styles? doesn't even exist. I sent you alone. Yeah. yeah. It's like such a cheap. Yeah. They just do that just to fuck with you, just to fuck with you. You know, like it's like. I took it like it, there's nothing that he can do because he's always been a character in this book, the last book by Sutter Kane in the mouth of madness. We've just been allowed to see him play this out in his reality, but he's always been, he's never had the choice. He's always been just a character in a book. We're just able to see it. Hollow man, motherfucker. And he comes to the realization, like even at the end, he's like, he's like, this is this book's gonna make people crazy and nuts, you know, and like, and then uh, Charlton Heston's like, well, the movie comes out next month or whatever, and then we, sh and he's like, we, it looks, it looks like he, uh, well, maybe there is some time because it shows him he's in his um, asylum duds with all the crosses and shit that he's drawn on it. And then he yeah. goes into that theater and it says, I thought it was fun. It's featuring John Trent in the mouth of madness on the theater marquee. And he yeah. goes in, he takes the time to fill up his popcorn. So from what <laughs> I, for, it's fucking dumb. I'm getting a little more out. The more we think about it, <laughs> I'm talking so, you out of it. So as it winds down, I was wrong. It was so wrong. As he's talking to Charlton Heston, he's like, oh, wow, I can't believe this is happening or this is what's going on. And then he kills that guy. And then then they put him in the asylum. And then it kind of circles back to, well, this is real time. And then and then this gets me back to uh, my first question was. Who the fuck is this Dr. Ren? Because he first comes in and is like, hey, John, uh, we're going to get you out of here. Uh, why? Why would they try to get him out of there? I don't know. I think that's just like maybe a red herring or uh, okay. maybe it's some something that they just they could have gone somewhere else. Maybe it was left on the cutting room floor or something. But it does it does seem like the guy who comes in that uh, David Warner, yeah. I think you're referring to, who yep. was in uh, Ninja Turtles Deuce. Yeah. Secret of the Ooze. Um, he's been in a lot more <laughs> highly acclaimed shit, but that's what I knew him from mainly. That and fucking Tron. He was in Tron. He was in Titanic. Was he? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Uh, do you think that guy dead or alive? 
I'm going to say Alive by Flea's Dick. Dead last year. Damn. Yeah, but what's crazy is the old woman from Happy Gilmore, she's still alive. What's her name? Is it like Doris? Francis Bay. <laughs> Samsonite was way off. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. She died like 15 years ago. She was fucking Oh, up. she did? Well, yeah, she was old as shit. She died at Dude, like I always get her mixed up with ten years ago. <laughs> I I always get her mixed up with uh, Lynn Shay, who played uh, the member in Kingpin. Oh yeah, the yes, I had the exact uh, same. <laughs> I had the same thing. Like, do I know her from Kingpin? Because she looks like shit. Dude, she's still alive. She's in all those uh, insidious... What is it about good sex that makes you have to take a dump? <laughs> Crap. Crap, sorry. Oh, God. Dude, she is so gnarly in that movie. I love when she's like, she's got her <laughs> leg up and she's rolling her like hosiery yeah. <laughs> up and the shot it catches of Woody Harrelson seeing it and just like, he's just like... oh god like the look of just like you really knocked something loose sailor oh fuck that's such a good like physical like i want it i don't know if he really threw up or if he was just like he had like a big bowl of like oatmeal or something right next to him but that shit looked fucking pretty that's like gotta be like top top five throw-ups it looked super real yeah like you can see the the pain and the yes. hurt in his eyes while he's <laughs> so oh, so to go back to the plot so dr wren after hearing his whole story is like ah, i think you're just crazy or whatever and then they wake up the next day and everything is wide open the asylum is abandoned everything's fucked up and this is where it brought me back in a little bit like oh shit so it's not just this guy's you know psychosis the whole time and then when he goes to the movie theater and watches it it's like okay i like that ending and he starts laughing (laughs) maniacally yeah (laughs) it was quite the roller coaster of emotion yeah all right I don't think I would ever recommend this to somebody, but really, yeah. I mean, unless they really wanted to complete the, the trilogy, I gotta kill you, son. <laughs> oh, please, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny boy. Did you notice this time it stuck with me? Is um, right when. He, He's like questioning, like, he's like, if this were really Hobbs End or whatever, right out that window, there'd be like a 250 foot tall black Byzantine church with gold. And she's like, well, you read it wrong. It's on the east side. And then they start walking up. There's a quick shot to, it's not the same kind of dog. It wasn't a husky. The shot of a dog, it, it looked like maybe like an Australian shepherd or like a, I don't know, like a golden retriever or something. There's a shot of a dog running, like in this tall grass. And then it, after it shows like all those creepy kids who later become like demonic and have the fucked up face, they're chasing after it. But it reminded me of the beginning of the thing, like with the dog running away, being pursued by the helicopter. I wonder if, I wonder if I'm, 
I could be reaching super hard for that, but I wonder if he sprinkled that in for like some kind of connective tissue to the thing per chance. Probably not because I mean, maybe I'm probably reading in way too much to it. Who are you calling a psycho? Um, I, I did think it was a little convenient that when they showed him like buying all the books and he read half of one that later he was like, this is all from the books. Like you, you read half of one of a yeah, series. Did you read all six. eight books to get the no. full context and understanding of the world and like the, how confident you feel about this and that? Yeah. What do you think of some of those double fake outs? Like, uh, and the flashback to like that cop you want some too, buddy, you know, and then like his demonic face and then he's reading the book and he gets scared and yeah, he wakes I, up I, and the I, cops right next to him. And then it's a double fake out. Like he wakes up again. I always love that part too. That's like one of my favorite parts. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it like artistically or anything. I do. I think, I do think it's kind of cheap to do like a double, a double deke. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Whoa. Cool. But did that one get you at all? Like, did it scare me or? Yeah. Or did, no. it, like, did you get a reaction from it? Not really. No. Okay. I'm dead inside. It takes a lot. <laughs> Moonlight Graham. Um, all right. I did see one funny bad review that just said, not Carpenter's worst, but it tries. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Um yeah, I like this one a lot. It's just got it's it it's a objective or subjective. This is my it just kinda hits my sweet spot. I like some of the uh the references to like Lovecraft and like that kind of cosmic horror, but without like like forcing it down your throat, you know? Um Sam Neill, I mean Hook, line, and sinker. Pretty much anything he's in, I'm I'm a mark for that. Um, and I like Carpenter. Um, Have you ever read any H.P. Lovecraft? I haven't. No, I only know through of it, like like through the ether and just like the collective unconscious and like no like knowing like what he's famous for, like this kind of general. Like I've heard of like you know the the Cthulhu mythos i think it is and like he's established like like uh i don't know how many of them there are but there's like these these old ones they're like main bosses like like baal satan jesus like god like there's these mythical like uh creatures that like one's like uh ryleth or something one's cthulhu that's the one that people like i think uh just like pedestrian like me knowledge here cthulhu and they have like you think of like the uh like the octopus face yeah kind of creature aquatic like of of the deep kind of thing um i don't know i, I kind of like that aesthetic like the idea of that uh mixed with like you know like a mid 90s kind of kind of schlocky carpenter uh like just the world he's in is is he in reality is he not he's is he in a book and it's it's just like I don't know. So is this this is post Jurassic Park right? Yeah, dude. This is like the year after 
But so John John Carpenter worked with Sam Neill just before Jurassic Park on another one of my favorite films that fucking gets shit on all the time, and it's it's definitely in the bottom barrel of uh, Carpenter's films in ge- and and in general. But Memoirs of an Invisible Man with Chevy Chase, Daryl Hannah. He, he plays the invisible man and Sam Neill's like the bad guy in that. He's like the CIA guy that wants to like get the invisible man back and chop him into a million people pieces and like analyze like what makes him invisible so they can weaponize it. Um, he plays that heel turn that villain really well, but I guess him and Carpenter hit it off really well in that. And he wanted him to come back for this. I'm sure he saw like, Oh shit. You know, he was just in JP like this will, this will lend us a lot of credit, like if we can get him for this, probably. But I don't know if that's where you were going with that. But not necessarily. My my question was like, doesn't he look so much younger in this one than he does in Jurassic Park? I feel like he looks like ten years older in Jurassic Park. Maybe it's like the improved camera quality, or maybe they like they dressed him down a little bit to be like because he's like a an archaeologist. I think they went out of the their way to make him like he was wasn't afraid to get his like hands dirty and he was like more huh. salt to the earth than like a like a pompous. I don't know. Maybe that has to do with it. I can't really personally. I can't tell a difference. Like they, he seems like the same look of him hmm. in the early nineties here. Maybe it's my own vision that's failing me. Well, we've already established that I'm pretty sure you need glasses or at minimum like readers or something <laughs> like to. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> oh, okay, so here this is this is the connection: the six Sutter Kane novels that Trent uses to track down Hobbs End, the Hobbs End horror, the Feeding, Whisper in the Dark, blah blah blah. Uh, these are direct references to H.P. Lovecraft's work, so. Like the Hobbs End horror, the Dunwich horror, uh, the Whisper in the Dark, the Whisper in the Darkness, uh, the Shadow out of Time, the Haunter out of Time. Um, that's the other one, the main one, uh, the title of the movie. I guess I think this is one of his more popular works. H.P. Lovecraft's is At the Mountains of Madness. That's one or the one of his more well-known stories i believe and so this is in the mouth mouth of madness instead of at the mountains so there's definitely like he he's definitely um directly paying homage and and calling to uh that genre uh i think for most people like the the more recent one that's that that's front of mind is so the void that i referenced i think last week or the week before is really fucking great uh cosmic body horror more akin to more along the lines of like the thing but it's not in the fucking antarctic and it's modern so it looks it's it's more stylized it's more creepy it's more it's gross um really well done like i've I've, anytime i i try to recommend people that are into this kind of thing check out the void for sure it's fucking awesome especially for this time of year um but also uh nick cage was just in a few years ago called uh color out of space is really crazy body horror cosmic horror um uh yeah that's a good one too especially for this time of year but um yeah this is this is another the the last thing i'll say about this that i like uh 
it's it's a very unique film. Like there's not many that I can sit and like think and compare this one to. Like uh just the whole if it, it feels like a very like uh kind of singular for better or worse kind of flick. Yeah. I mean I, I can't think of anything to compare it to, but that's not surprising. Alrighty. Um yeah, I can't believe you still have never seen any of the Ghostbusters, dude. No. Nope. Ghostbusters one for sure. I I'm pretty sure you would like. And right right now is a good time as any to uh check it out. But Ghostbusters two, the guy who played the Johnny Boy in this, he plays the main villain in Ghostbusters two, Vigo the Carpathian. So uh if you ever check that out you'll be like oh okay he looks like he was like born to play that role um all right i don't got anything else uh at least we we can call it a win so the the apocalypse trilogy overall has been uh a win and it looks like with you kind of you like the thing prince of darkness of the three is your favorite yes prince of darkness favorite thing two um, in the mouth of madness, I'm gonna give it a pass the same way like a teacher gives a pass to a kid who might be failing, but they just don't want to see that kid back in class the next year. <laughs> gotcha. There's some pity in in play here. A little bit. All right. Well, that brings us up to an eighty six flat percent uh approval rate, so we're 49, 49 and eight right now. Just pretty, pretty that's not a bad. Yeah, that's not a bad record. Um, Considering so my, looking, my shitty taste in, in movies. Yeah, I mean, not to toot my own horn, I think I, I'm pretty happy with uh, with that result. Like, if you would have asked me if I if I think I'd be doing this well, and that we'd we'd have kept this up almost to a hundred episodes, I would probably say you're full of shit but um well especially considering some of the dog shit you picked yeah man (laughs) there's been some in hindsight there's been some stuff i took some chances on for sure do you think have you been more surprised by things you thought i wouldn't like that i did or the other way where you thought it'd be something i'd like for sure that i didn't there's been a couple films where i was like really like i was like damn i thought I thought for sure you were going to like, uh, let's go back and look. I thought for sure you were going to like the burbs. Like no question. <laughs> like that, that one was pretty weird to me. Um, I thought you were going to like McCabe and Miss Miller too, for some reason, yeah. like, like for sure. Like no problem. Uh, I think that's it. Everything else I knew I was kind of like, and, but I, I think to answer your question though, actually I'm more surprised at like how much stuff that you have liked for like, obviously like with this, with 49 films that you've said you liked, I mean, that's a lot. Like, I think there's definitely more when I look at it, I'm like, damn, I'm actually surprised that he enjoyed that or like had, had a lot to say about it, you know, like, um, Let's see. I'm yeah. trying to look at a couple that. Really I mean, I, I try. That. I try to go into it liking it as a default. So I don't want to be that guy that's like, "This sucks. 
prove me wrong. You know, that's just I not think fun. pretty recently I was, I was surprised at how much, uh, like Prince of darkness. I was surprised how much you liked that one. Um, and then summer of 84, you seem to like quite a lot. Yeah. Too, and I didn't. I that was one I was really like, especially a, after I watched it again. I was like, oh, I don't know. I think this might be a little too kiddie, like a little bit more, a little too Stranger Thingsy, you know. That you'd be like, oh, this is that kind of hype, kind of like riding the wave, kind of bullshit, like cashing in. So that I think that I mean, was probably the most I mean, uh, both, pleasant surprise. Both things can me. be true. I can still like it, even though, you know. Yeah, you're not wrong. That's true as well. But I think that's the one I was I, I in the recent uh, history here is the one that I was pl- most pleasantly surprised that you liked huh. it like that much. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Because Summer '84, I, that that's another one. Something about that flick, I I really I like look forward to seeing like every kind of end of summer, like it hits yeah. that 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 spot for me like oh fuck yeah I'm gonna, i want to watch summer 84 like right towards the end of july or like right around the beginning of august to kind of get that go into the the halloween season um cool yeah any final thoughts uh no nothing about anything of. we skimmed over in this one that you might want to talk about or before we uh anything in general before we call it a day no i don't think so what are we doing next week? Um, so I was thinking we should change it up a little bit and have like a more of a fun one, kind of like a tongue in cheek. And I think given uh, how much we liked uh, Scout's Guide, I think we should go Deathgasm from okay. 2015. It is on Peacock, Tubi, Plex right now for free uh yeah it's from 2015 it's very in that vein it's about a couple uh, it's about a group of punk metal rockers in their youth and they they get into some shit uh they get in some into some dark arts uh while they're making music and being young ruffians and fucking calamity hijinks ensue sounds perfect i think that'll be a fun one Good palate cleanser, good kickoff to to really insert us firmly into October. Um, Yeah, I think you'll dig it. All right. Uh, If you got any hate mail, questions, complaints, concerns, uh, you can reach out to us at wax at waxingtheporpoise.com or either of our socials. Instagram is at waxingtheporpoise. Twitter X is at waxingtheporp. Um, Don't you you dare insult orcas or whales at all oh dude that was one thing come at us (laughs) one one piece of news i just saw that i thought was funny there's a new uh a hybrid intermingling of cetaceans cetaceans it's incredibly rare but the world has seen a number of cetacean hybrids this is called the wolfen Holfen, it's a it's it's a hybrid between a bottlenose dolphin and a false killer whale. That's as far as I got. I don't know what a false killer whale is, uh, first of all, but um I guess this is this range is in the very rare 
uh, considering the spectrum it falls on from the Narluga to dolphin hybrids. Where, where, wolf, where are you wolf reading this? <laughs> Dude, this is just the algorithm, man. It came across my fucking Google fucking, my Google News feed. I was like, cool, I'm going to have to. Damn. Especially in the wake of all this orca talk. I was they're, inspired to include it in our notes. Dude, they're, they're getting smarter. They're going to come <laughs> for all of us. Dude, I just saw this thing too. It's about, it's like, fuck, what is it called? It's called, it's like, um, it's called like weeding or like seaweeding or something where they like these fucking whales, they drape, they drape like their dorsal fin or one of their fins in like some seaweed and they turn over and they signal it like I'll, I'll need to have that one ready for the next episode but yeah like as a, it as seems a like there's something something or, going on what like camouflage or sig- just signaling each other or like signaling like it seems like they're maybe they it's 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 some form of uh they're learning maybe it's a new mating ritual we'll find out i'll report on it next week what are these whales doing stay off the water people they're getting smarter <laughs> they're coming for you alrighty well uh, yeah we're going to check out Deathgasm next weekend so uh, or next week sometime so check that out it's on Peacock, Tubi, and Plex right now thank you for joining us for In the Mouth of Madness what, what do you guys think what's your favorite of the Apocalypse Trilogy uh, between the thing Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness. Uh, let us know. And we will see you when we see you, and we'll see you later. No, Grandma, I didn't get it. I'm so numb. I just hate him, I hate him, I hate him. <laughs>